How could the virus be the greatest gift to your business if you let it? We'll be discussing that with Dan Jordan on episode six of the Pete Primo Show. Show is brought, this show is brought to you by my book, Sell a Million, 101 Tips for Furniture and Mattress Store Owners to Sell Another Million Dollars or More This Year. Get it right now on Amazon. Welcome, Dan Jordan, the man, <laughs> the myth, the legend, the Deej, the sales energizer, the arbiter. <laughs> You know, the, uh, that is some claim. Here it is, uh, November, and uh, you're going to say you're going to make another million this year. But I guess in the furniture business, uh, this is where you make your money, isn't it? Well, you could, you could, you could. So yeah. do you want to talk about the, the virus first or you want to talk about your book first? I want to talk about your book first. Well, listen, but we can do whatever show. you want to do. You talk, about, you talk right. about the book. All right. I'm going to talk very briefly because I have a lot of questions for the Deej. This book, Sales Proverbs, Wisdom of the Ages, is one of the best books I've ever read. Now, it's not a how-to sales book. It's actually, and I have this marked down. It's actually a how to be a successful person in sales book. And there's daily inspiration. You should get this book. You should read it for five or 10 minutes every day for the rest of your life. I know I am. But Dan, I want to ask you why you wrote this book. Um, it's well, amazing. That was about the, the inspiration. nicest thing. That's about the nicest thing you could ever say. That was really... Uh, it sounded heartfelt. Uh, it is. is good, it is, you know, brother. It is. Well, you know, the a lot of times in the world of sales, like you tell somebody you're going into the into the sales business or you become a salesman, they almost feel sorry for you. You know, they're almost like, oh gosh, so you know, nothing else worked out. So I guess you're going to have to do that. Uh, but that's that was never what it was what it was like for me. You know, growing up, uh, I was in a uh, just kind of like an immigrant population. Uh, everybody had their own business. I grew up in an area, a bunch of Jews. So everybody was Jewish there, including myself. And it was just common knowledge that, uh, you know, you're not going to get into corporate America. Listen, there were no Jews playing football. There's no, you know, in the, in the world, there's no like middle managers at that time, you know? So everybody had their own business. I mean, everybody just had their own business. You know, the uh, the Maxix had a little pharmacy store. Uh, uh, the uh, Hurstings were into into like fabrics and things like that. I had a guy who was a spice man. He used to, he was a jobber. He would go around and sell spices to businesses. It was really cool. So everybody had their own. The Zismans had a construction company. Everybody had their own business, uh, including my dad. And so uh, it was it was very common. Uh, that you would go over uh, to someone's house or you'd hang out with them and their parents would talk to you. But the, the, the main refrain was, you got to get a trade. You need a trade. You need that just to fall back on. You can go do whatever you want to do, but you always want to fall back on a trade. And so 
you know, my trade was sales, baby. I figured early on, you know, you could get something for this price. You could sell it for this price. You could capture something in the middle. It's the quickest way to get into business for yourself without investment. And so uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of the industry. And, and uh, I kind of wanted to share that enthusiasm for it. And, and, I, and, and I think it has a bad reputation. I think you have to, you know, kind of foist yourself upon people when it's really the, the opposite. If you want to be a better salesperson, first be a better person. And then people get attracted to you. How was that Amen. for a long-winded explanation? I was like, okay. The Deej, get to it already. <laughs> Why did you, I was going to repeat it. Why did you write the book? But you, yeah. you, you were there. You knew what you were doing. Hey, what business was your dad in? My dad uh, had uh, several and he was a terrible, terrible businessman. Uh, but he was, uh, he was able to just use his hands and, and, and work it out and eventually do it. And so he had several, when I was, uh, Probably when I was just born, when I was really young, he was in the wig business. And uh, he would, I, back then, people would make wigs. It was a crazy thing. So we started a little wig manufacturing place. And here was his downfall. One day, a bunch of, uh, I, I, there were Japanese guys, and they came in, and they wanted to inspect his, uh, uh, his, his plant, and everything was really cool. And he, he was showing off his stuff, and everything was nice. And then about three weeks later, they came out with something called synthetic hair. Back then, they were using raw natural hair. And, using, and they lowered the prices of these wigs to practically nothing. And so that put them out of business for the first time. And, and that's pretty much how everybody you know, grew up. Figure out you're going you're gonna to do something. You're going to get your business going. You're going to wind up blowing the whole thing up and going out of business and starting from zero several times in your life. And that's not a bad thing. It, it builds that muscle. And I think that's in the sales business. It's the same thing. You're going to get beaten up, which is good because you know how to start from zero over and over again. And the secret is after your career blows up and everything happens, the secret is there was a, I'll ask you, Pete Primo, what's the definition of a business? The business? Yeah, what is a, a definition of a business? Purp yeah, what the purpose business? of a business is to have a customer. Amen. So do you know why? Do you, you want to know why I know that? Talk because to me. I listen to the Deej daily, and you should too. The Deej <laughs> is amazing. You need to listen to him every day. Go well, ahead. I I'm think sorry, it's Dan. really important. It was one, if you can wake up in the morning and that's your focus, how do I get a new customer today? How do I get in? Not, you know, things are all messed up and it's impossible to do. And that's the challenge with this whole uh, virus that's going on right now. It's kind of it, it programmed people into thinking, heck, we have to wait for this thing to end. Hey, we have to wait to be allowed to do this again. And you know, we can't get new customers because blah, blah, we can't. It's the wrong question. The question needs to be, how do I get a new customer today? Listen, it been the worst thing that ever happened. Uh, you know, people, we were just previously speaking to people in uh, in England where we were talking about uh, the Blitz and all that stuff. I mean, people were people lived through war. People lived through kind of real tragedy, real kind of you know uh, pandemics that were going that were slaughtering millions of people all the time. We've been all through this before, and yet 
the people that are able to survive and thrive in this in this environment are people that are comfortable starting every morning from zero and making something happen. They don't watch the news, baby. They make the news. And that's the mantra that you wake up in the morning. You do that and you got no problems. You got no worries. You got no stress and everything's good in life. It's that easy by changing your mindset. I'm on a soapbox so here, Primo. I love it. I love it. So I want to dig into that just a little bit, okay? Yes. So what you said is 100% true. Let's talk about some things that you should do in the morning. And let's talk about some things that you shouldn't do. All right. Well, like, okay. We you're, were just talking the, whole, the other day. The whole rundown. And I'm actually putting together a program that's going to give for the, for the salesperson how to manage their day. It's very important. So first thing is you got to worry about this. My dad used to say this. Dan, he would always talk to me with this. Whenever he gave me advice, he's a great guy. Um, and uh, he only had a sixth grade education, lost his dad uh, in the Holocaust in Auschwitz. Um, had that, you know, in his mind, loved America, just loved America. Anytime he gave me advice, he would start like this, Danny, in this country. And then he'd give me his, his advice. And so uh, one of them that I just remember early on, he said, Danny, in this country, you can worry or you can work. Can do both. You know, that was, that was his thing. It was just very simple. And so what worrying does nothing for you, the only thing that does something for you is getting out and making things happen. So the first thing to understand is if you, you have to have hope that the future is going to be better. Another one of his things uh, you could have, uh, if Danny, if you have hope, if you have your health, you have hope. And if you have hope, you'll have everything. So first thing is eat an apple in the morning. I mean, you know, the Pete, what's the expression? An apple a day does what? Keeps the doctor away. Everybody knows that. Here's my big fear in life. What if it's that easy? What if all you had to do was to eat a flipping apple every day and you'd be held? I mean, my biggest fear is I'm going to one day die. I'm going to go up there. I'm going to say, you know, God's going to welcome me in. There's going to be pearly gate. They come on in my good and faithful service. You've done well. But, you know, if you just ate an apple a day, you wouldn't have been here for 10 more years. You putts. What are you what are you wasting? You know, what if things are that easy? And so, and that, and that's the part of sales, and that's the part of business. What if it is that easy for you to succeed just to do little things? And the little things are wake up early. I mean, just wake up early. If everybody else is getting up at, at eight, get up at seven. Wake up, miss the traffic. Do you know how easy it is to miss? Your, you're 15 minutes away from missing. Of course, now there's no traffic anyway. But you're 15 minutes away from being more prepared than everybody else by waking up 15 minutes early. You know who wakes up 15 minutes early? The winners wake up 15 minutes early. If you want to be one of the winners, wake up. I mean, it's it, so it's the simple little things. Um, I cold call every day. I'm a big fan of cold calling. I, I, I find it the most peaceful part of my day. Uh, there's no pressure whatsoever. 
you can't lose a customer that you don't have. You can't lose a friend that you don't have. They're just a name. They're just a number. It's no problem. There's no expectations of anything. Why wouldn't you do it every day and have an opportunity? And every day I get a lead or two when I do it. I do it every day. I do it for an hour every day. Not because I want new customers or need new customers at that point. I do it for me. You know, for an hour a day, I get to talk about, hey, listen, I wonder if you could, uh, if you could help me. My name's Dan. Um, I'm with a company. We work with companies just like yours to get you more customers regularly and consistently. Uh, who would be the person I need to speak with in regards to that? And so every, you know, 100 times or 50 times or 20 times or 10 times a day, I get to tell my pitch to myself and let it ingrain into my head. And so if somebody stops me on the street, say, how you doing? Or what do you do? I don't have to think about it. It just spills out because I've already brainwashed myself that anytime somebody asks me what I do, I know I'm getting a new customer. These are the types of things that, so repro instead of programming yourself that you can't do everything, you're programming yourself than you can. What, uh, another thing that I know you shared this with me, you, uh, you don't listen to the news. Absolutely not. Yeah, I, I don't know what that's going myself. Right. I don't want and to so, so I'll know in 30 to 60 days. You, Between you know, now and uh, then, I'm going to sell a lot. Yeah, it's it there is and and what happens is in your if you don't watch the news or you don't listen to to any of that stuff, uh, that that's step 1. Step 1 is, you know, kind of pushing the, you know, controlling what's coming into your head and, and pushing that stuff away and don't allow it into your head. But then you have to replace it with something. And uh, left to your own devices, uh, it will be replaced with all sorts of bad stuff and all sorts of self-doubt and all sorts of problems that can't, can't, can't. And so you have to intentionally uh, just uh, in, make an influx of, of what you want to go into your head. You, you get to control what comes in your head. I have a little mantra, Pete. You want to hear it? Yes, I do. Okay. So I, I say this um, probably 30 times a day, but absolutely before I'm going to a big meeting or meeting someone for the first time or uh, trying to make an impression, I want to get my whole, I want to get my juices flowing. I say, I say these words. I say, I say, I lead, not follow. I believe, not doubt. I, 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 I win, not lose. I make the news. I don't watch the news. I'm a leader. I'm a force for good. I'm a force for God. I set the standard. I defy the odds. I stand up. I take charge. I win. But I say it differently. I say it like this. I say, I lead, not follow. I believe, not doubt. I create, not destroy. I make the news. I don't watch the news. I'm a leader. I'm a force for good. I'm a force for God. I set the standard. I defy the odds. I stand up. I take charge. I win. And then I walk in. I'm like an animal. I mean, you couldn't say no to me at that point. You could just, just <laughs> feel your own intensity grow right from there. When I give speeches, when I used to, in person, around the country, around the world, I would have hundreds of people standing up saying that. And it's like, after they got done saying it, their arms are in the air and they're like high-fiving each other. They don't even know why. But you can replace all that negative thought with positive energy. And when it comes to sales, and whether that's furniture sales or, or uh, internet sales or computer sales or any kind of sales, what you're doing is in every conversation, a transaction is taking place and a transfer of energy is taking place. And the one with the most energy wins. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> Amen. So I'm going to read you something out of your book. The strong sales person doesn't get emotionally involved with the news of the world, but the time waster spends valuable thinking energy managing world affairs and yelling at the TV from the couch. Yeah, that's right. You know, sometimes you're 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 in the car or you're driving, you're listening to the radio and, you know, you're solving all the world's problems and you're getting all worked up and you, and you don't know what happened. And and then you think you're going to change Russia. I mean, you think anything you're going to you're thinking is going to do. And 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 then one day I was actually in this process and I, you know, you run entire scenarios of what you would do. And I thought to myself, you know, they are not thinking about me at all. And here am I, here I am thinking about them, which will affect nothing. I actually, I started thinking, I, I, am, I am sinning against God by wasting my time. All I have in life is time. I had a, 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 a with marriages, people have multiple father-in-laws. So this was one of them. Uh, Earl Geiger and uh, Earl was a great guy. And he, he actually, he was a corporate guy in the cool time, like in the seventies. And he actually did the merger between uh, Rollins Corporation, which you may or may not have heard of, but they own Orkin now. So he dealt with Otto Orkin, which is a pest control guy. And they, they merged that business with Rollins and it was a big, it was a big kind of corporate deal. And so he was the only non family member, uh, of the Rollins Corporation in management. He was the VP of sales. And uh, so I was, this was before I was married and I was going to meet him for the first time. And he was a big dude, the biggest corporate guy I've ever met. And um, I went there to meet him. He wanted to introduce himself to me and all this stuff. And uh, he, uh, he, here's someone who really valued his time. He would fire people if they were, if they were late um, because he was worried about time. And he, and one of the first things he said to me, he said, uh, uh, he said, Danny, you can take my uh, job from me. You can take my cars from me. You can take my houses. You can take my plane. You can take, you can take everything from me, uh, even my family. He goes, I can get all that back. He says, you take one minute of my time. He said, it's gone forever. Amen. And the day you realize that your time is your most valuable asset, is the day that I will feel comfortable with you spending time with my daughter. <laughs> you know, that was, his thing. that was his thing. Time was his most valuable asset. And so here you are wasting your life. Uh, Benjamin Franklin says time is life. It is. You know, so, you know, pissing away the most important asset in your life, thinking about something that you have literally no control over and never will. Yeah. That's a sin. It That's is something sin. to be avoided. It and is. if all the people that watch this and all the people that are in furniture sales or any kind of sales, your day should be spent thinking how you can make yourself a better person so you can attract more customers, so you could earn more, so you could live the life and contribute to the world as God intended. So let me just do a shout out to my RSAs that work on the retail floor. Guys, 
you guys, we just had an incredible amount of traffic and now it's slowed down again. So in your downtime, the most important thing you can do as a retail salesperson is to become the master of your craft. And that includes becoming the absolute best salesperson you can be become, but you also have to spend time with the product. And if there's a piece of furniture that you have not experienced yourself, a mattress that you haven't laid on, you need to do all those things during your downtime. You should never be sitting at your desk, not doing something to make you better. It could be uh, writing a thank you note to the customer. One of the things that propelled me from being a uh, very good producer to to a million dollar producer was writing thank yous to people who didn't buy. And I would literally get customers that came in and said, we just bought something, but we just canceled it because it took too long. And we got a thank you from you, but we did not get a thank you from the salesperson that we bought from. So here we are, and we want to get that set that we were looking at. And if you don't think that happens, it happens, happened to me. So be as productive as you can be with every moment. Don't let a moment go by. Don't sit in the back in the cafeteria drinking coffee after coffee, talking about everything that's wrong with the company. Why don't they have more inventory? Why don't they have a better finance program? Why don't they have this? Why don't they have that? Don't do that. John F. Lawhon used to call that losers in the lounge. Stay away from that. Be productive. And when I think of productivity, I think of the Deej. You are the <laughs> most productive guy. Please. I tried to get this guy to talk to me. I blocked out an hour. I thought, I'm pretty good. I'll keep this guy on the phone for an hour. Uh, no, was not happening. Absolutely not. After about eight minutes was the longest I could talk to the Deej. Because guess what? what? He's got so much business coming in. He couldn't talk to me. He goes, this is an important phone call. I got to go. I'll call you back. And like the mensch that he is, he called me back. But being proactive with every moment that you have in the day is critical to your success. Doesn't matter if you're a business owner. It doesn't matter if you're a sales rep. It doesn't matter if you're a retail salesperson. Make every moment count. I'm sorry. Yeah, and that, that, that really shows. When you do the research, I remember I was given a presentation once to a manufacturing firm. They made like regulators and things like that. And uh, so I put one of their pieces uh, on, the, on the screen and I go, and now all of you know, what I was trying to make a point about salespeople. And I said, uh, I, you know, I don't care if you're, a, you're in human resources or the truck driver or the guy who makes these things and these things. And I put a picture of one of their things, which was, uh, was a regulator, but I knew exactly. I'd done my research. I, it was actually an RVLP propane regulator, dual tank automatic changeover valve. Boom. I remembered the whole thing. And so I, I made my presentation with them and I said, you know, I don't care if you're in human resources or a truck driver or the guy who changes the gasket on these things, which of course we all know is an RVLP propane regulated dual tank automatic changeover valve I'm trying to show off some, some punk in the back room screams out of me goes you know on that particular unit you don't need to change the gasket you know screwed up <laughs> my entire thing <laughs> but i got business from those people 
for the next three years doing their conventions. And the reason is they knew from that that I had done my research on the company. I knew not my stuff so well. I knew their stuff. And so in your retail, so when, when you're selling something to uh, in your, uh, your furniture things, you really have to find out where this piece of furniture is going. What are they thinking? What's their decoration style? You find out about them, what they're going to use it for. If it's a guest room, it's different than it's if it's their bedroom or if their kid, they want their kid to move to college, whatever it is. You find out what they're using it for and you be that consultant, you know, step out of the way and let them buy. Exactly. People hate to be, you know, Jeffrey Ginnimer says that, people hate to be sold. But they I love didn't know buy. you were you knew Jeffrey uh, Gittimer stuff. I I am a I got he was, Jeff, Jeffrey Gittimer. I got him on the, my cell phone. There's my man. <laughs> he uh, he does great things, just absolutely great things. As a matter of fact, the the reason I got on LinkedIn is uh, Jeffrey had a uh, a seminar in Cleveland, mm -hmm. and he said. If you don't know what this is, forget about it. You just need to get on it and start doing it. I didn't even know what LinkedIn was at that point. Now I have over 14,000 uh, people that I'm connected to. But I mean, wow. and there's people that have a lot more, but I did not know what LinkedIn was. And I just took Jeffrey's advice and got involved. I wasn't involved in any social media before that seminar. Um, yeah. So well, you know, Jeffrey's it's, it's a, one thing. Here, here's the purpose for social media, and it's not necessarily what you what you think, but what when anybody's uh, thinking about buying a big purchase from somebody, or it's a big deal in their life, uh, they're gonna just like you would look them up. Who am I dealing with? They're gonna look you up, and uh, you know two things can happen. One thing they can find out you're an axe murderer. Not good. I wouldn't say do that. But even worse, what if they find nothing? You know, what yeah. would you think if you looked somebody up and you found virtually nothing on them? You would think you have the wrong guy. So uh, social media isn't necessarily the quality of content that you put out there, but you have to have a presence if for no other reason to uh, outflank and outsmart all your competitors that are sitting back waiting for other people to come in. That reminds me of a great Jeffrey Gittimer quote. It's not who you know, it's who knows you. And that's, you just gave a seminar on it. So thank you, Deej. That was awesome. I'm going to do a commercial uh, timeout. I'm going to read a quick little chapter from my book. And I bet you, Dan, that you know who this guy is and I'm about to talk about. Chapter is Be Like Joe, Joe Girard, that is. Who is Joe Girard? Joe Girard is a Guinness Book of World Records, uh, recognizes Joe as the world's greatest salesman. He did it in the automobile industry between 1963 and 1978. When you went uh, to Joe's office to write up a car, you would see pictures of his customers with their new cars and thank you notes written to Joe. Even though he won hundreds of awards, they were not featured in his office where the customers could see them. All they could see is pictures of other happy customers. And thank you notes.
That was Joe communicating with his decor. My, my customer is the most important thing to me. You can be happy like my other customers too. What is your store communicating to your customers? Knowing what your customer likes and doesn't like is the key to giving them an atmosphere that is interesting and engaging. Be like Joe. Show lots of happy customers enjoying your store's great products along with their thank yous that your store has earned in your, and that will lead to more sales and more profits. So Joe Girard, you know, walked on to a, 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 a lot, did not ask to take any cu customer uh, ups. The, all my retail salespeople know what ups are. Ups are customers coming in. He did not want up, he wanted a desk and he wanted a phone and he wanted access to, to the dealer's inventory to sell it. And he became the greatest salesman of all time in some people's estimation, certainly the greatest car salesman of all time. Yeah, I mean, he was wonderful, but can you imagine what a monster he would be now with social media? I mean, talking oh. about putting a picture, yeah, <laughs> I, I, it, it just feeds right into what you said before. He was putting pictures, if someone would buy a car, he'd put a picture of happy people. Well, he would take that picture, you put it on social media, you know, you get your picture somewhere posted on a, on a larger site, you don't just look at it, you look at it, and then you share it to your parents and then your parents share it to somebody else and they share it to other people and it goes all over the place. Yes, making themselves feel good about themselves, but showing off more of yourself. So this is, you know, an important feature of getting on there and working it. He was, you know, brilliant before his time. Uh, when I got first started as a stockbroker, uh, uh, you know, I didn't have... First of all, I didn't go to college, so I wouldn't get hired. I had to get hired as a cold caller. And you say all he wanted was a desk and a phone. Well, me, I was actually cold calling for somebody else, for the broker. So I got a corner of the desk. I got it, and I had to open up. <laughs> they gave me the corner of his desk, and I was, I'd get somebody on the phone, I'd forward it over to the guy, and then the guy would go ahead and, and do the work. And I had to open up 40 accounts before they would allow me to apply to be a, a broker. So I had to open up 40 accounts for somebody else. That was, that was the, uh, the in to that thing. And all you needed was the phone. But I learned that, that the was phone, the buy-in for the job. The phone is your friend. And it still is now. We're going to put something up later if you guys want to get. I put something together for uh, the seven-day blitz. These are for people who want to get started again. If you had a little, if you're having a little downtime, you're in a little slump, the best way to get out of a slump is to pick up the phone and talk to some strangers and see if they can get them into the store. It just things happen. And I have a specific way of doing it, and it's dynamite and you'll love it and all that stuff. But seven days from now, if you go on this program, seven days from now, you're in a completely different position than you are today. It's that simple. But of course, the phone is heavy. For some people, <laughs> you know, it's hard to lift up that phone. So Dan, let's talk about making that phone lighter because, you know, I do have some uh, sales reps here and they do need to cold call. And, you know, let's just talk about what makes the phone lighter. What makes uh, yes. the phone lighter? What attitude that you possess um, about that call? makes that phone lighter. 
Well, it, it, there's a lot of different things that I cover in the program, but I, it, probably none more important than getting the right mindset. And the right mindset is simply this. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. I, I think, I, Pete, I don't know if I talked to you. I got some really bad news yesterday about a couple of uh, 26-year-old boys that died, twins. It was terrible and all this. Stuff. And I'm thinking, you know, that matters. Uh, being Worrying about picking up the phone, eh. I mean, big deal. Someone hangs up on you, eh, big deal. But the mindset that you want to get into is simply this. You need to, you need to warm up. before You played football, right, Pete? Yeah. Yep. Sure did. All right. Okay. Every single practice, what did you do before practice? We warm, warmed up. You, did you our warmed up. Every single game before the game, what would you do? Warmed up. We warmed up. It's so you got to stretch. You got to do what you have to do. So that would be the number one thing. Take 10 strange numbers that mean nothing to you. There's no chance in the world that they could possibly be interested in anything that you have and call them first. It's not for them. It's for you. If you knock out 10 and get that warmed up before you start talking, the worst thing that could happen to you is if you get your perfect prospect and it's your first call. You're not ready. The worst thing that can happen to you if you're looking for a job is to have your dream job be your first interview. You're not ready. So warm up every day. And then by the time you make the 10th, 11th call, now you're in the zone. You're feeling good. Now hit them up. And That's remember- awesome. When you make the call, you're in control. You know, people will say, oh, I want, I'm leaving a message. They didn't call me back. I actually don't even want them to call me back. If they, so they're calling me back on their time when it's convenient for them and they're in the right mindset. And here I have to react to them. You know, so when you make the call, it's the only time you're in control. Anybody who's married knows that. Uh, you know, you're always searching for an out, someplace in life where you can be in control of something, you know? This yep. is the only place you can be in control. <laughs> One of the things that I think about before I pick up on a cold call, somebody I don't know, is I think about the successes that my dealers have had with what I'm about to share with them. Could be a service, could be product, but I think about some of the big wins and what it meant to their profitability and what it meant. And when I make that call, I'm not making that call for me. I'm making that call for them because at some point in time, whether it's at the beginning of the call, in the middle of the call, things are gonna get tough and you're gonna have to bite down on your mouthpiece and you're gonna have to keep going. And are you gonna go just for your own benefit, or are you going to go because you know you can change someone's life? Yeah, I mean those are those are the parts that I like the best. I mean because you know when you you can only grow through struggle uh, and 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 a little pain, and I think that's where you know that's where life is, and that's that that's the respect that you show to your parents and to. And to everybody, into your children who want to see you go through all that stuff, and and it always works out. When you move forward, it always works. You know, uh, Patton used to have a great line, General Patton, and I think about this often, especially when I'm prospecting. And he was, he was, I guess he was in the middle of something, and he goes, "Well, when in doubt, attack." 
<laughs> and so if you're ever in the yeah. course of a day and you're thinking, should I make this call or should I not make this call? Should I go visit them or should I not? Should I walk up to them or should I not walk up to them? The answer is yes. Attack. That's great advice. That's, That's great advice. Hey guys, get Dan's seven day cold calling blitz. It's only $15. If you get it and you think it stinks, reach out to me and I'll give you the 15 bucks. How's that? Well, it, that? it's dynamite and it also comes with training programs. There's a bunch of extras. Just go to the site, you'll like it. But you'll live better if you get this book yes. too. And that's part of it too. There, there'll be an option for you to get that as well. There we go. Read. Read that book every day. This book is a book that I will read every day for the rest of my life. I, I told the Deej this yesterday and he, he kind of laughed. And But I'm serious. I will read this book every day. Just like I read the Bible, this is my sales Bible. And I will read this every day for the rest of my life. Promise. I, I, I really appreciate too. that. And this has been, I really appreciate you having me on to your show. And uh, just, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let you go right now. I, I want to ask out. you just one more question. Okay. I, I just want to ask you this question. You took a chance right after high school, you took a gamble. And you you bought a business or you opened your own business and then you were able through hard work and through a learning curve you acquired the skills that you needed to acquire to sell that business very successfully so here's the reason i want you to tell that story i don't want anyone to think of the deej as just a sales guy if you have a business and you're getting ready to sell that business you better pick up the phone and call the Deej. If you don't, you're missing out because he's going to tell you what he did very early in his life and take all the time you need to tell this because it's an important story. Oh, I, I, about, about my first business? Oh, about the Your DJ's deli. Country Deli? Oh, yes. Yeah, so uh, uh, very briefly, because I actually do have to get on a, a sales call in a little bit. See, but what did I tell you, people? Okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. But uh, but I love this. Yeah. So I when I uh, graduated high school, for whatever reason, things were going on with my family. I somehow wrangled uh, the college money that my parents had dutifully saved for my entire life and uh, took that money. And instead of going to college, I bought myself a butcher shop. Um, I turned it into a deli. It was a neighboring town. I turned it into a deli, DJ's Country Deli after that. And um, worked really hard to get it running because I couldn't fail. I mean, I was the biggest disappointment in the world to my family. Um, but, uh, you know, the first year I worked 365 days that year, because that's how many days there were that year. And the next year I worked 363 days only because like Christmas and New Year's fell on a, uh, on a Sunday that year. So I said, what the heck? Uh, but I was able, because of that, constantly being there and constantly working, something you can only do when you're 18 years old. I, uh, grew the business and uh, after seven years was able was able to sell it but here's the thing i took all of actually i'll tell you how much i sold it for one hundred and seventy thousand dollars. I, I was 25 years old at that point 
a lot more money than you know certainly we ever had growing up i certainly anything was was a lot of jack and i took that money and i put it all in an investment account and uh that money through through investments and growing i didn't take a penny of it that paid for my dad's retirement for the rest of his life uh, because he had not saved a thing and whatever the challenges were going. and so whatever happened uh, that money that I had earned from that business, I constantly, I, I could, I could feel like I've done my service that I helped out my dad. And I, and I'm able to say that for the, for the rest of my life. And I'm able to say that to myself, um, that it worked out. So I learned a lot of lessons from it and I, it, it paid off, you know, ultimately in the sales world, you know, people always say you need to have goals. You need to have these goals and everybody has a car or a boat or a yacht or whatever they have. But I never had that. I'm just really materialistic like that. I just, it wasn't my thing. But what I always wanted, and I think it's everybody's goal, is freedom. It's just freedom to be able to say, my dad's going to be fine. I got it taken care of. My family's going to be fine. I got it taken care of. Uh, if we have to be somewhere, we have the funds and be able to do that. And, and that freedom is a different number for everybody, but it is a number. And that goal is good enough for me. And so I, 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 the, what I learned from that Delhi experience and how I use that is, uh, you know, true wealth doesn't come just from cash. Uh, true wealth comes from uh, the feelings and the ability to to help others and serve others. Those who serve more earn more, and that ought to be your goal. Well, if you came here to get advice on sales, you got that. If you're an owner and you wanted some tips on how to be a better owner, you got that. But you know what you really just got that's priceless? You just learned how to be a better person. Deej, you are amazing. You're my hero. Everybody Please. should listen to you every day and go out and get his sales proverbs book. It's my Bible that I'm going to read every day for the rest of my life. Grab it now. Make sure that you, whenever you see us, whether you see us on a YouTube video or you see us on, uh, on a podcast that you like and comment. I want to know what industry you're in and I want to know what you do. Are you a sales guy? Are you a business owner? And Dan, I'd like to thank you from the bottom of my heart for making time in a very, very busy schedule and giving us such well, great advice. I really appreciate you. This was great. And I love your producers too. They're doing a great job and I look forward to seeing you again. But look, I'm already getting texts. I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to get on another Zoom call. I'm time sorry. to rock I'm and sorry. roll, guys. Let's go get them. Go. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Take it easy. Take care. Thank you.